it's good to be able to continue our series as we look at unpacking the vision that Paul brought a couple of weeks ago. And I just want to encourage you, if you've not watched um, that message, to go back and listen to Paul's message for our focus for this year, um, because I'm going to be unpacking that over the next two weeks and go into a little bit more detail, bring some other ideas and to try and help you expand and to connect with our focus for this year so that for you personally and for you as you connect with us as a church, that you can connect with us on this level of where we believe God's calling us and what we believe God's asking us to do. So as Paul talked about, you know, those five stands that, that make up our focus for this year, that we're Jesus-centred, that we stand with Jesus, that we're rooted in him, that we stand on his promises, that we're together, that we stand together, that we grow broad, that we stand out, that we be ourselves and that we're far-reaching, that we stand up for others. And those are the five things that over the next two weeks I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to do the first three today and the other two I'm going to do next week. So so that's basically what we're going to, we're going to be looking at. And I wanted to read to you a scripture that I think embodies some of these stands this morning and I'm going to keep referring back to it and although I'm going to use the scriptures that Paul used on Vision Sunday I just wanted us to look at it in the context of this parable that Jesus tells in Matthew so I'm going to read it to you now it's Matthew 7 24 to 27 and I'm reading from the Amplified Version it says this so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man a far-sighted practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house yet it did not fall because he had been founded on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish or stupid man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and and slammed against that house and it fell and great and complete was its fall. You know, I just want you to take a moment. You know, we often read these parables and we just go, oh yeah, and then we just sort of talk about them. But, you know, let's take a moment and consider what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a severe flood that can come and cause damage and catastrophe on an immense scale in people's lives. Now, we've seen, you know, in places of the UK this year, last year, in previous years, where floods have come, they've damaged businesses, they've damaged homes, they've disrupted lives for months on end. And I just want you to consider that and think about the implications of a flood on people's lives. You know, maybe you yourself have been affected by flood damage um, in the past, or maybe you're affected by it now. And it's not it's not something that I've experienced personally, but only something that I've seen secondhand. And it looks absolutely horrific. It looks the most scariest and terrifying thing that you can almost just do nothing about. And I want you to consider that. Consider that for a moment as we look to talk about this parable as we work our way through these first three stands. So the first one, as I've already said, is the Jesus-centred part of our vision. And this year, as we focus upon that, we're talking about standing with Jesus. You know, and as we look at this parable and we talk about standing with Jesus, when the floods of life come, when the rains of life come, when the winds that come and slam against your life and the building of your life, then 
where are we standing? Who are we standing with? And it actually makes a difference in our life, who we stand with to what then happens to us when difficulties come. Because those people stand with us, those people support us. When we can't carry on ourselves, we have people who can lift us up. We 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 see that in other accounts in the Bible, like Moses, when Paul talked last year for our focus for 2021 with lift. And he talked about Aaron and her holding Moses' arms up. It's about who stands with you that sees whether you can stand the test of time. And ultimately, what we want to say to you this year is stand with Jesus, because when you stand with Jesus, it makes a huge and considerable difference to your life. You may not know Jesus this morning. You may be like, well, you know, I'm just I'm just wondering what this church thing's all about. I'm just listening because somebody shared it on Facebook and I just happened to click on it and I didn't actually mean to. But God has brought you here for such a time as this to say that he wants to stand with you through the storms of your life and he wants to be with you. He wants to be the one who is that solid foundation when difficulties come. When we stand with Jesus, when we're Jesus-centered, when we decide to put him at the center of our lives, it transforms the outcome and the, the way forward for us. You know, Paul read on Vision Sunday from Romans 8, and I want to read it again because I believe this sums up completely what happens when we stand with Jesus in difficult times. So Romans 8, 33 to 39 in the NIV, and it says, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? So if you're with God, no charge can be brought against you. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for you. So Jesus is praying for you. When you stand with Jesus, he is in heaven. He is praying for you. He is fighting your corner. He is saying to God, God, do a work in their life. God, send a miracle. God, encourage them. God, help them. God, send people who will do them. God, God, God provide for them. Jesus is standing in heaven praying and interceding for you let's carry on verse 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present or the future nor any power, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what can separate us from God? Nothing. What can come in between? Nothing. As long as we choose to stand with him. And that's our our choice. We make a decision that in this season, in what's happening, I'm going to stand with Jesus. I'm going to invite Jesus in. I'm going to ask him to be a part of what I'm doing. You know, and it talks about there being no condemnation. No one can bring a charge against you. And Paul talked on on Vision Sunday about having a big brother when he went to high school. And, you know, I had a big sister as I was growing up. And, you know, in the same way that there's almost, they go before you, they, they understand and know what's happening. They almost provide this pathway for you to help you. And in the same way, Jesus is there making a way for you, having the information that you need to let you know what's happening. I remember going to high school and my sister was already there and, and her friends. And, you know, 
little sisters aren't always the coolest of people, but my sister was so kind to me because, you know, she made sure I caught the buzz on time. She made sure I was okay. If she saw me or her friends saw me around school, they checked, are you okay? Do you know where you're going? Are you lost? And and that's what Jesus wants to do as he stands with you in his life. Are you okay? Do you need some more from me? I'm here. I'm with you. I can show you the way. Don't be lost in your life. Don't miss the buzz. Don't miss your calling. I'm with you. I'm championing you. I'm here. I'm calling you on. And in the same way as my sister did that for me as I went to high school. So Jesus wants to do that in our life. He wants to be calling us into our destiny. He wants to be encouraging us and championing us on and making sure things go well and things go right for us. Jesus is there when the rains and the floods come, when the difficulties come, when the hardships come. He wants to be there to make sure you stay standing in and through it. Standing with Jesus doesn't mean that the rains and the floods don't come. We see they came for both of those men in the parable, but what it does mean is ultimately when the rains and the floods and the torrents and the winds stop, you are still standing firm because you are standing with Jesus. And what do we see for the guy? who wasn't standing with him. It says he fell and great and complete was his fall. This morning, I want to encourage you to make sure you stand with Jesus this year through the good and through the bad, because as you do, you will continue to stand and he will be with you. So keep standing with him. Keep bringing him in. Keep allowing him to be part of who you are and what you do. Keep asking him. You know, when anxiety is high, when fear is rife, when difficulties come, when hardship come, when people accuse you of things, when work doesn't go well, when relationships don't go well, bring Jesus into it. Don't forget all about him. Say, Jesus, come and stand with me in this. Jesus, come and help me in this situation. Jesus, be with me in my anxiety. Jesus be with me in my difficult situation. Jesus be with me in my financial strife. Jesus be with me in my sickness. Jesus be with me in my grief. Jesus be with you and as he is with you he will help you to keep standing in and through it all. So invite him in. Ask him to be with you. Listen to his words because that's what it says in Matthew. He who hears these words of mine. Listen to what he's saying to you and stand with him strong and firm and as you do I believe you will continue to stand and you will not fall. So that's the first one, standing with Jesus. The second one is the rooted part of our vision. And this year's focus is stand on his promises. And you know, I just want to unpack a little bit more of what I've already said about in Matthew, it talks about, so everyone who hears these words of mine, and it says that twice in the parable. It talks about it at first when it talks about the man who stood on the solid rock, and then it talks about it again with the man who stood on the sand and didn't listen to those words. You know, and when we go back to the original Greek, it talks about, it's, it's the embodying of an idea. It's actually acting upon them and doing something with them. It's not just hearing it, but it's actually, I've, I've caught hold of that. I guess I'm, I'm getting that. That's making sense to me. I'm, I'm allowing that to penetrate my life, penetrating my thinking, penetrate how I act and how I behave because I'm listening to that more. I'm actually standing on the promises that God's given me. This year, find out what God's promises are in his word. Write them down and pick a few of them and help them to permeate into your soul. Spend time meditating on them. Like that original Greek, embody the idea of that promise. So when you come into a difficult situation, when you come into circumstances that say everything against what that promise says, then that promise is already ingrained into your life, ingrained into your thinking 
thinking. So the first thing that comes out of you is, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. But the first thing that comes out of you is the promise of God over your life in that circumstance. It's about making that effort to to build that promise in and through your life. That it's not just something that, oh, that's what it says in the Bible, but it is embodied in you. It is ingrained in you. It it it's it's producing fruit within you because it is there and it is being acted upon on a daily basis whether you're meditating on it whether you're praying it over your life and circumstances and reminding yourself of those promises of God and that you can stand on them and that they are solid ground to stand on keep keep digging deep into God's promises keep believing for them even when they sometimes seem contrary to what you're going through in that season because that's the thing that allows roots to go down deep because they have to dig it out they have to find that water they have to find that refreshing in a difficult season when you keep saying I know God says this but my circumstances don't so I'm going to dig deeper I know God says this but my circumstances still don't and I'm still believing so my roots are going deeper and finding God and digging for him and when roots go deep you know what happens trees grow strong and big and able to cope with difficult situations so don't be afraid of those difficult situations when they come don't be afraid of the heartache and the fear and and the circumstances that want to come and rattle you in your life instead allow it to be a time where you can embody those promises so your roots dig deeper for God and say God where are you in this God I can't find you in this but I'm still going to believe on your promises God just these circumstances are just completely opposite to what your promise says I don't know whether I can cope with this anymore but I'm still going to believe it so my roots are digging deeper and eventually as they find you It brings strength to my life. It allows me to help and support other people and to say, you can do it. You can keep going. So stand on those promises. Stand on them, especially when your circumstances say the opposite. Because as we do, as we trust in him, as we act upon that word, he who believes in that word, even though the rains and the flood come, stand firm. He who didn't believe the words, who didn't act upon those words, was was based on sand and when the difficulties come, great was the fall and complete was the fall. So don't allow circumstances to move you off God. Don't allow circumstances to let you wander. Don't allow circumstances to let you think, well, maybe this isn't the right path after all. Maybe I should go and stand over there. Then people who stand over there and do that, they always seem happy. I'm going to go and stand with them. It's sand. Stick with Jesus. Stick on solid ground because even though hardships come, you will not fall. He will not forsake you and he will not let you go. He is with you in and through it. Keep going and keep believing. And the last and the final one that I want to talk to you today is is part of our vision of being together and those trees being together by the river and our focus is at working it this year and stand together you know this parable of the wise and the foolish builder I just wonder what would have happened if they'd have stood together what would have happened if this wise builder who knew what it was to hear the word of God, who knew what it was to stay put and believe in God's promises, believe in God's sure foundation, even when difficulties come. This one who knew this, what would have happened if the wise builder had stood together with the foolish builder? 
Would the foolish builder have learned from him? Would the foolish builder suddenly have thought, actually, they're staying there, I'm going to stay there? You know, let's be honest. As much as we're human beings, we very often have a sheep or a lemming mentality. If somebody does it, then we'll all just follow them and see what's happening. Well, what's happening over there? Oh, I'll go and have a little look. Oh, what's oh, well, everyone is over there. I'll go and have a little look at that. But if they'd have stuck together instead of doing their own thing, then maybe it would have been a very different story. We may have seen two houses standing firm because the wise builder had influenced the foolish builder. Psalm 113 verse 1 says this, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. When it happens, it's good and it's pleasant. When it doesn't, Well, it's not good and pleasant at all, is it? Because it's not helpful. Nobody benefits. Nobody gets any any use or help from each other or support from each other. But when people dwell together in unity, then it is good and it is pleasant. And I do believe that if that wise and foolish builds were in unity in heart and mind, then they could have both withstood that storm. And we don't know why they didn't. We don't know if they even knew each other. But this is all the more reason, church, why we need to be together. We need to hold on to one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to be there for one another. We need to at times correct one another and say, actually, you're on sand there. Come and stand on Jesus. Actually, I know it's hard, but keep going. Keep holding on. I know the storm's raging at you. Don't move off that promise. I'm standing with you and believing for breakthrough when we stand together in unity. And you know, togetherness can bring its negatives as well. Let's be honest. It's not always easy being together. You know, and if if you're on your own during this lockdown, you're thinking, I just want nothing more than be together with people. But you know, maybe if you're in a third lockdown in the UK with the same people you've been in lockdown with twice before, you may be thinking, yeah, there's some negatives to being together. And I can tell you some of them. And you know, it's not necessarily that togetherness brings positives or negatives, but it's how we respond to them. It's how we learn in those circumstances. And are we willing to work and build for unity? And that's the ultimate question. Sometimes we can make it all about me and all about what I want and all about everyone needs to do that. But actually, are we working hard for unity? Is unity a bigger priority than our own wants and needs and desires and wishes? Because if it isn't, then togetherness will never work. Togetherness is about putting other people before yourselves. Togetherness is about serving a common goal or vision which we're looking to do together. You know, and those negative things like frustration can build up and it can be such a negative in togetherness. We can get so frustrated with other people and wish that they would listen and wish that they would help us in the way that we want them to. Or do we want to learn, use that as a learning process? Instead of getting frustrated with people, actually learn from them actually learn about ourselves and the things that we need to change but learn about how other people are and how how we can then help them more and you know how we can just say well that's just how they are and there's not a lot I can do about that I've spoken to them and done this but I'm just going to keep journeying and working together for unity you know negativity so often comes into togetherness we see pride creep in and people wanting their own way but actually 
if we work on grace and humility, then it will change and impact our togetherness in a completely different way. If we choose to respond in a way that is positive, if we choose to respond by learning through grace, through humility, through working hard about companionship and and learning from other people's differences, then, you know, when negativity arises out of togetherness, when selfishness rears its head and pride and frustration and and just oh, I just don't get along with them I just don't get them then actually that grace and that humility and that desire for unity can overrun all of those negativities if we choose to see unity as a greater and more important goal than how we feel what we think and how we think things should be done and I think that's the key That's the key to togetherness, that we're actually considering that unity is a higher goal than getting my way, what I want, how I think it should be, and everything else that we have these thoughts about. And that doesn't necessarily mean those things are wrong, but is unity more important to you? And I want to encourage you, church, as I encourage myself, let's love more, let's have more grace, let's have more opportunity for us to to love and support one another, let's have more insight into well you know that's just how they see things and and we can have grace and forgiveness for them in that you know the enemy's key tactic is to isolate us is to divide us and is to conquer us and yet if we choose to stand together then we can't be isolated if we choose to be united despite our differences then we can't be divided if we choose to stand on the promises of God and with Jesus then we cannot be conquered it's said in Romans 8 Who can stop us? Who can bring a charge against us? What can stand between us? We are more than conquerors. So where the enemy comes and wants to isolate you, wants to divide you away from the rest of the church, wants to conquer you in all things, then make a conscious decision to stand together with other people. Make a conscious decision to be united despite your differences. Make a conscious decision to stand on the promises of God and stand with Jesus. And as we do, the enemy we will have no foothold in our lives and we will be able to shine like the light that God calls us to be in our community, in our families and in the wider world as a church. We have to work hard on togetherness in our church but also in our personal lives, in our families, in our relationships too. I want to conclude by reading to you one of the final scriptures that Paul read on Vision Sunday and it's 1 Peter 3 verse 8 from the NIV and it says finally all of you be like-minded be sympathetic love one another be compassionate and humble you know if we work hard to do these things then unity will be high in offence and unforgiveness will not have a foothold in our lives division will not have a foothold in our church if we choose to be like-minded if we choose to be sympathetic if we choose to love one another be compassionate and humble you know it's not always about what we believe is right what we think we should do but it's about coming back to God's word and saying what would God do in this situation how would God want me to act towards this person how would God want me to behave in this situation it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and guide your thoughts and to quench those emotions sometimes when they run high you know when when we take offense over things and when we get frustrated and when we feel isolated and feel like no one understands us 
because so often, you know, we're not always in the right frame of mind to hear what God's word says to us. And I want to encourage you on a daily basis as you pray to say to Holy Spirit, help me to see people through your eyes. Help me to hear your word over lives and circumstances and situations. Help me not to strive for me, but to strive for unity. And as we daily declare that in our lives, as we daily ask the Holy Spirit to help us with that, then the difference it will make in our own lives, but in the life of the church will be phenomenal, will be something that is a beacon to the world too. So I want to encourage you as we carry on, bring Jesus into it all. Stand on his promises. Let him let those promises be intrinsic to your life and work hard on unity and togetherness. We're going to sing the song Stand Up that we've sang over the last few weeks. And I just want to encourage you as we sing this song that you allow, despite everything that's gone on in the past, despite where you feel like you're at right now, that you can stand firm in him, that you can stand believing that his promises will come to fruition in your life and that you can stand in unity, not isolated, but part of a body where you are loved and encouraged. So come on, let's pray. And then we're going to sing together. Father God, I thank you that you call us this year to stand. You call us to stand with Jesus. You call us to stand on your promises and you call us to stand together. And I pray that just like that wise builder, that we will learn what it is, that when life's difficulties come at us, that we still stay standing on that solid rock that is Jesus Christ. God, I pray for people who are experiencing difficulties right now. God, be their strength, be their encouragement. Holy Spirit, inspire them. God, and I just just pray that you would engulf us again, remind us again of your love and of the importance of unity. May we work hard at being together. May we work hard at being united, Father God. And as we stand up together, may we see breakthrough. May we see victory. May we see answers to prayer. May we see miracles, Father God. We believe it because the victory is yours. In Jesus' name, amen.